1: Any good stories from
2: the road? Pipe up.
1: I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. I thought he was gonna die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mind
0: We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction.
2: Welcome into the Georgia show and happy Masters week to everybody. I know everyone's uh, all loaded up on sandwiches. Jake Rowe made it back safely uh, and had a wonderful time. We'll get to that in a few minutes, I'm sure, and share some stories. But first of all, guys, we are witnessing a Georgia competition in a way that we haven't seen before. At least I haven't. With Kirby bringing both Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff out to talk to the media. Pretty fascinating
1: stuff. Shocker! Uh, I can't got to my phone yesterday um, because I checked it in the tech check and walked over and asked the lady, "Hey, can I look at my phone real quick?" And she handed it to me, and I had to turn it on and I uh, started looking. I was like, "Man, I uh, got an email from from UGA Sports Information that both quarterbacks were available," and uh, that kind of made the decision to end my day at the masters a little early yesterday for sure. Uh, you know, we ended up leaving around two o'clock so that we could get back and we were my, my dad and I were both out of gas at that point. Cause we'd been there since about, since before seven 30, walking the course, we made a quick little stop in the pro shop, maybe 15, 20 minutes before we left. And there was, there was a lot of ground covered yesterday for us. And, and, uh, man, looking and seeing both of those quarterbacks available just shocked me. And, uh, I was like, I got to be there for that, and uh, so I was. And um, you know, we, um, you know, we had a really good time doing that, and we had a really good time doing interviews. And I wrote a column this morning, and I fully, <laughs> uh, fully believed everything I wrote in there. And I always do. Um, easy to root for those two guys, not necessarily because they're just Golly G. Willikers, Shucks guys. I really got a sense of you know genuine um, uh, comments and and thoughts from them. You know, Carson Beck saying. Uh, yeah, I've always thought I was, you know, I asked him straight up, Do you you ever think, Well, I've been around a long time, this job should be mine? He's like, I don't have to guard against that. That's the way I feel. I felt like the job should have been his mind last year, is what he said. Um, and then Brock Vandegrift, the storytelling about his dad and some of the things he learned about being a high school coach's, you know, player and son at the same time. Um, I don't know. It just seemed like both guys were pretty honest and, I really do believe there is a quarterback competition at Georgia. A lot of people are saying, "Oh no, it's Carson Beck." Kirby knows what he's doing. Saw it on the board earlier today. There's a competition going on. Um, there's no other way
3: to do it. Well, there, and I would—I read your story, Jake, and um, agreed with everything that you said there as well. That those were two guys that that presented themselves in a way that was easy to root for both of them. Um, and, and Georgia is going to be in good hands. Uh, regardless of who that quarterback is, because of the way that they, um, at least if if they approach things the way that they say that they approach things um, and and they are as, have it together as mentally as they did um, last night, I mean, George is in great hands with that quarterback position. Um, You know, both of them felt very genuine. Um, You know, you, you, I would say especially Brock, um, you know, Carson being the older of the two, um, you know that perceived leader um, in, in the quarterback race. I think that there was a, a maybe a sense of saying all the right things without saying a ton, more, maybe more than you need to say. Versus Brock, um, which is which is fine, and, and I get that. I mean, that's that's how Kirby handles his interviews. That's how a lot of these players do. And Carson was a better interview than than ninety nine percent of players that we talked to. Um, but as felt with Brock, um, you know, there was definitely a sense of, of energy, a sense of, um, you know, realness to him of, you know, and and I wrote it in my story today. He's controlling the controllables. He's going to put everything out there that he can, uh, you know, he's going to do whatever he can work his tail off. And if, if it's in the cards for him to be the quarterback, then so be it. If not, then he feels like he's gotten better because of the competition.
2: Uh, I do have some of the uh, interview portions that y'all referenced there. So let's take a quick moment to hear from Beck and Brock Vandegrift. I'll include the links to both of their interviews uh, in this show description so y'all can listen to both of them in their entirety. But here's what Jake and Palmer were talking about.
0: Comes a lot of things that you know come with playing the position of quarterback as far as mentally physically and then obviously decision making which would go under the mental aspect but you know there's certain things that you know Bobo wants us to do and there's certain things within every play that we call whether it's a check a change reading it the right way and obviously we're going to make mistakes and we're going to mess up but you know for me just trying to separate every play that no matter what happens on this play, the next play is going to be different and I got to play
1: it all individually. Probably some of the best advice that my dad ever gave me was just, uh, or it wasn't really advice. It was just, you have to take coaching. And like there was, there was practices where I'd be running around the practice field at Prince Avenue for the last 30 minutes of practice doing something wrong. Like, and it's, it's cause I talked back or said something, but uh, just making sure I look, look my coach's dad in the eye, say, yes, sir, whether you like it or not. If you have an explanation, if they were wrong, you can tell them in the meeting room. They don't want to hear it on the field. Is the biggest thing that my dad taught me. And it's helped me because I've, knock on wood, I had not any, had anything happen like that because I've been able to take coaching and so just say, yes, sir, on the field and maybe go back in, in the meetings and ask about it.
2: Brock Vandergrift with a little bit of a rebellious streak. I never want to guess. Joe Huff in the comment section, throw both of them in the fire and see who cooks the best. Uh, maybe throw them in the kitchen. I don't want to throw them into the fire and actually – Cook the quarterbacks, Joe. But what do y'all make of uh, Kirby Smart making this decision to put both of these guys in the media room, put them behind the microphone, and let them both kind of perform
1: there in that arena too? Well, here's the deal. Here's the way I look at it. Um, Is Carson Beck ahead right now? Almost certainly. Um, Odds on favorite probably to win the job. I don't think it's a guarantee. I do think there's going to be a competition. But if you're going to need a competition to keep both guys around, have a competition. Uh, let's make, let's make both guys better. Let's make all three guys better. And so that's kind of how I look at it. But I do think that, you know, getting them all three, uh, sorry, getting both of them out there, I do think, you know, kind of serves a a little bit of a purpose to kind of keep them both engaged to kind of, you know, give the, give the, um, you know, the, the impression that yeah this is a quarterback competition i i think it's kind of just an all one big circle is you know yes does this keep does having a competition keep them around yes does having a competition benefit everybody more than likely because there's plenty of reps to go around at spring like carson beck said yesterday you're not worried about a game plan you're not worried about all this other stuff um but but i also you know kind of look at it as all right well um if all that's going on then then you need to do everything to kind of keep those two things perpetuating and, and bringing them
3: both out I think kind of serves that purpose. I didn't think we would get one without getting the other um, right and, and called, I really called, I really yeah. didn't think we would get them in that setting um you know me and you know Jordan Hill Connor Riley, Jeb May we, we've all kind of discussed um the you know this situation in which we thought we would get them if we thought we would get them at all. where do you um, think you'd get
2: them? Like maybe after G-Day after at the G-Day. earliest? Yep.
3: Yeah. yeah. After G-Day. And, and um, you know, it's it's not uncommon there. Um, I can't remember if it happened last year. I don't think it did. Um, but in, in 2019 um, at, at that G-Day, um, I remember getting Stetson on top of uh, Jake Fromm. And so talking to both of them. So it's not uncommon in, in that setting where you do have two quote-unquote starting quarterbacks, um, you know, starting for their respective teams, the first team and the second team, um, you know, to, to get them both there. But I did not expect us to get them in that setting. And, I, you know, I, I agree with you there, Jake, that I think if if this is going to be a competition, make it a competition. Don't just make it seem like it's a competition. But A, because I don't think that's fair to these guys, these individuals, um that, that are part of the competition um you know ultimately they they're adults they can they can make decisions for themselves and um you know that's something that comes with being a college football player at this high of a level and specifically playing that position you've you've got to be able to you know understand uh you know maybe read between the lines a little bit with with coaches and their decisions and stuff but you know, I think that, like you said, it, it makes everyone in that room better—not just the two that we talked to, but Gunnar Stockton as well. Um, you know, I think that they're all growing because of the fact that they have that they are competitive with each other. But you know, and, and they discussed it—they're competitive with, with each other, but they're also helpful to each other. They're not—you know—that it'd be easy to to think, "Oh, well, I got to look over my shoulder and see how is." you know this quarterback doing how's that quarterback doing did did you know he overthrow that receiver did what happened there oh you know and maybe even be excited about it because it's helpful to for your case and and hurtful to theirs but both quarterbacks expressed a sense of hey we're here to help each other out we're here to help each other get better as football players um, regardless of who wins the c- quarterback competition. So I you know, I think it's it's important that it is a healthy competition, and, and that's how Brock described it. Uh, that it is a healthy competition now. And I think it's important that it stays that way as long as it is a competition. If if you've got a starter, then then make that known. Um, I don't think that they'll have a starter coming out of this spring. I do think this is a competition that'll go into the fall. But you know, make that known to these guys behind you know closed doors. It doesn't have to be known to us. It doesn't have to be known to fans. Um, Make that known to these guys where everyone stands after the spring. I think is is absolutely fair to them, and I think that it it is healthy uh, for for these guys and as this competition moves forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, we go from never hearing from a Georgia quarterback, hardly ever. You know, Stetson Bennett was a unicorn when he entered the media room at times, because we just hear from so many other guys at different position groups, but it is awesome to actually, whether it's part of the competition or uh, it's just Kirby letting them talk. I mean, I view it as part of the competition, not that Kirby's sitting there and uh, parsing through what they say and grading with a, you know, a red pen, what their press conference quotes are, but, I think he does want to see how they handle the whole picture. If you're going to be our starter, if you're going to be our guy, you know this will be expected of you. You're going to have a lot of eyes on you. And we mentioned this in the last show. There's no substitute for game reps in the SEC in, in Power 5 football, uh, but this is as close as you can get to really experiencing what it's like to be a starter at this level. So see how both guys uh, adjust and adapt to it. I did like what you wrote uh, giving us a glimpse, and you'll hear that in their press conferences. But, uh, Jake, you wrote about what Mike Bobo is bringing to the quarterback room. And I don't know. I don't have the context for what Bobo was like as an offensive analyst compared to what he's like as an OC. But uh, these guys are learning now. I I mean, we know what he's like as an OC because we've heard through the years. You know, I've heard from DJ Shockley. I've heard – From David Green, I mean, he's different. (laughs) He is a spitfire. He expects the very best, and he's going to chew your ass if you don't get it, if you don't get it done. And I don't know what the leash looked like when he was an analyst on the sidelines and at practice. I'm sure he let Munkin kind of do his thing. Um, But these guys are learning right now, as Kevin Hart would say, what it's like to learn from Mike Bobo on the fly.
1: two points I want to make there. One, that's not going to be anything new because I've heard Todd Munkin use some language out there and I've heard Mike Bobo use some language out there and it's not all too different. So, in terms of just like how hard they get coached, I don't think that's going to be any different. Um, Man, I've heard Bobo, there was this one-time man out at practice and I there was Gentry Estes, okay? He, He preceded me at my previous employer. Gentry's a really good friend. He reported something and Bobo, in the middle of a drill, saw Gentry out there watching practice because we used to get to see a little bit more. And, man, he, he he got after him. Like, out there in front of everybody real quick. And Gentry, the, the pro he is, kind of took it in stride. So, that's there. Another point I want to make on the quarterback competition, though, and I keep – this is something I, I'm, I'm probably going to keep going to, is if, if you want to keep all three around, like if you think enough of all three quarterbacks that you want all three to stick around – Um, Because listen, that that's not always the case. I mean, there have been guys at Georgia, and there will be guys at Georgia that they're like, "All right, you probably need to move on. It's not going to happen here for you." So if you're trying to keep all three of those guys around, and you're, you know, there's that big of a gap between Jackson Muschamp, who's a walk-on, and and these guys, then you're going to want to want them to compete anyway. You're going to listen, coaches. And this goes for the high school coaches. This, you know, this is for the athlete that you see the big kid that moved in that's never played sports before in his entire life. And you try to get him to come out for football or throw shot put his senior year. You're always looking for the light to come on. You're always looking, you never give up on a kid. And I think that's the way Georgia feels about these quarterbacks is sure, they don't want him to go anywhere. And you're not gonna see Georgia name a starting quarterback anytime before the season starts, in my opinion. Uh, at least not anytime before. You know, maybe a couple weeks, but a couple weeks before the season starts, probably a couple days before the season starts. Um, but ultimately, if you think enough of them that you want to keep them around, then you do want them competing as well. And and Mike Bobo is the guy that's going to oversee that competition. And his voice, not Kirby Smarts, not even Kirby Smarts. Same way with Todd Munkin. And and I'll never forget it: the 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 Orange Bowl and Todd Munkin coming out and saying, full throated, Stetson Bennett gives us the best chance to win. Oh man, he didn't know anything. And a year later, he was the mastermind of the whole program. Um, but it's gonna be the office of coordinator that that has the biggest voice and and, and the biggest, you know, impact on that call. And and I think, you know, you know, Mike Bob will make a good decision when the time comes. And right now, Carson Beck's ahead, but Gunnar Stockton's gonna make a move and, and Brock Vandegrift may be already making a move.
2: Yeah, we haven't really spent nearly enough time talking about Gunnar Stockton and just watch. He's gonna be the starter that leads Georgia to a three P. Before we move on, uh, what would you think about Stetson's uh, body cam footage?
1: I, it, Dude, I, I texted you guys. I laughed so hard. When he is like – when he says, are they going to give me a chance to explain myself, basically? And I can't <laughs> use the language that he used. And then they start to let him out of the car, and he goes, well, I guess they are. Um, you know, I, I don't. I mean, that I'm telling. That sent me. Listen, I know he was a little bratty and a little douchey, and and th- that comes with the territory of being drunk. I think there's a lot of hubris that that a man gets when he when he had when he's overserved and being um,
2: QB one.
1: Yeah, that. But I mean. Dang, Owen Condon, why are you leaving your dude out to dry there, man? And that's why That's why it didn't work out for you as an office alignment at Georgia, dude. Ooh. You're leaving your quarterback hanging out. I'm just joking. Damn. Owen Condon's a, more than likely a great kid and, and a good person, and I'm sure he didn't mean for all that to happen. Stets the one that lost his phone. Well,
2: here, here's the thing, though. Yeah, he looked pretty bratty in, in, the, uh, in the footage. Um, but I, I think I, when I hear people say, It makes him look worse. Now this is just more evidence that it was terrible. A, this happened two and a half months ago now. There's really nothing new from it other than I thought it was funny too. He didn't hurt anybody. I mean, he did the damage to himself potentially in the draft, but I mean, when you watch it and you do hear this monologue going on, this and that's what it was. It was like a stand-up routine. (laughs) as he was getting cuffed and put into the car. I know he's going to regret it. He'll probably hate it. Um, but it could have been a lot worse. And there's no way that this, like, now that TMZ's leaked this footage, oh, Stetson's
1: falling down the draft board again. Like, that's just not no. how this works. No, I mean, the the NFL teams, it's, I mean, it was when, – when the police when the police report was, was made available, and I'm sure NFL teams grabbed the police report. I mean, the police officers literally say in the report, uh, you know, the fact that he didn't have a phone they basically you know took him into custody to kind of keep him you know safe to to keep anything from happening to him because they they thought with a man out there all by himself i mean he wasn't doing anything necessarily harassing or violent or or you know breaking and entering i think he he was just out there wandering around knocking on doors you know i mean you know who among us right who among us
2: speaking of breaking how about uh, breaking tea The apparel company that has all of your Georgia National Championship needs. Back-to-back champs, the original champs. You can wear a shirt that has Stetson Bennett on it. If you've canceled him out of your life, you can choose Brock Bowers instead if you'd like. Uh, Breaking T's got some really good stuff from Georgia's success. It's just a glowing time to be a Georgia Bulldog. You may as well rep the dogs everywhere you go on your shirt on your hoodie, on your sweatshirt, breaking Tea. The link is in the show description, as it always is. Uh, Sorry you cannot wear a hat. You cannot find a hat as nice as Jake Rose is, though. It is a brand-new Augusta National hat.
1: Yeah, Palmer should have some, too. I picked him up some merch. Uh, He put in an order. Uh, Wes uh, apparently didn't want anything, and Roost didn't tell me until my phone was off.
2: I, I have enough, I think, uh, and I don't know. I'm, has Has Roos picked
3: up his shirt from last year? Yeah, he's got his shirt from last year. It was I mean, that's it, brand, that's that's essentially brand new to him. Aging it took like a fine wine. Here, uh, that that Under
1: Armour camp we went to. Um, uh, month before last i believe is when he picked it up so he he i held on to that bad boy for a good 10 months no
3: it's it's brand new to him
1: yeah it it was it was still in the plastic dude it was just like (laughs) what i gave you i mean it was it was just as i mean there wasn't even any dust on the plastic it was inside the plastic inside the plastic bag inside of another plastic bag that i'd gotten from the masters i've got several of those now too um but this year I'll, i'll be honest now I didn't come away with as much loot as I did last year. I got this T-shirt, I got a hat, I got a coffee mug, and that was it. Last year, um, it you know, it, it got up there. It got yeah. up there for me last year. I, I have a coffee mug that I drink out
2: of at least weekly. Uh, I've got a couple T-shirts. One of them is just falling apart, but it's from 2015 when Spieth won, and I was there for that one. Not on Sunday when he won, but that, that was just a cool tournament. Um, and I still wear it and I've got a t-shirt that looks a lot like yours, bro. And something about the hats, man, I, I, I sweat in them too much and they just kind of get deformed after a little while. So I just stopped asking people to get them for me, but maybe in a couple years, I'll circle back around. Hey, I'll
1: tell you what, man, the tech hats, like the, the, like this one and the one I, you want know, I grab for Palmer and the one that that green one that I've been wearing almost every single day for the past year. Um, I wear out a hat. It's like tennis shoes. Like if I get a good pair of shoes, I wear them and I wear yeah. them until they, they you know, till they fall off me. Um, but that that hat has held up really well. And and I hope this one will too, because I saw a lot of people out here wearing this hat before I went and got it. and I had decided what I wanted before I walked <laughs> in there. <laughs>
2: yeah. Sometimes you see it and you, you see everyone modeling it on the grounds and you know, that's what you got to get. All right, let's get to the dogs HQ mailbag. We opened this up to our, subscribers over on the uh, message board if you're a premium dogs hq subscriber uh we open some questions up for you and we're gonna hop over to some of the things that y'all asked hopefully if you ask that you're watching live right now Uh, if not i will have the link for you to catch this on a replay so the first one we got was from mamba anderson and mamba asked would any of the dogs hq crew take a punch from a silverback gorilla for a million dollars, and I said, "How do you know
1: we have it?" Well, I'm not a millionaire, so no. If it's, t- I don't care if it's tax free or not. Hell yes. Yeah. yeah. If you can, if you can promise me you're going to trank that bad boy before he gets in a second punch, I'll take my chances. I, you know, if he's going to vegetate me, um, my family will be supported in my stead. Um, hopefully, he doesn't. I can handle it. I'll be honest with you, though. I'm hurting after walking at Augusta National yesterday. Maybe a bad idea. Maybe it's a bad idea. But uh, you th- start throwing uh, – you put – yeah, I'd do it for $500,000. K.
2: dollars Yeah. So, uh, one of the guys I used to work with asked if you would take a punch. Speaking of taking punches, would you take a punch from Mike Tyson for a million bucks? And that yeah. one is no. I'm saying yeah. absolutely not on that, man. Yeah. you're talking I, about CTE from one hit, nah, permanent brain damage. It's nah, just not worth it.
1: I got it. I, I'm fine. I'm crazy, from, dude. I'll, I'll take a hit from Mike Tyson. Palmer, are you taking that? Yes, both of those. Y'all are nuts, dude. So, dude, here's you, the deal. I got it. Like, listen, I'm not. Tr- this was this was my own. You know, you know, being a being a young idiot. Okay, I got into a car accident when I was 16 years old and got ejected from the vehicle. Okay, I I mean I I think I'll be okay with one punch to the face. Um, I mean, if he I mean if he's not wearing, yeah. Now, now I will say this: if you're going to just tape his hands, and I got to take one like that, I don't know. Uh, I I'm gonna have to do some soul searching on that one. But if he's gonna wear boxing gloves, I think I've got
3: to, I've got to do it.
1: Dude, quality of life is 200. Priceless.
3: Ooh, Ret Rhett going 200k for that. Do I do I get to wear a mouthpiece? 200k yeah you can wear a mouthpiece and
2: and I'll say you can wear the protective uh foam helmet
1: oh hell yes I'll oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. do it for 50 grand
2: no you wouldn't not that's, for 50
1: that's free 50 grand yeah. Dude, you're still yeah. concussed you, are, you you are yeah. still concussed I've had a couple anyway what what does it mean
2: I I don't think y'all want it I really don't think y'all want I... the smoke all right Craig Lawson over here is hating on the questions. Craig, if you can ask a good question, I'll actually answer (laughs) it. You're over here with pot shots on people. I'm just getting us started. That wasn't even a real question. Uh, Desire is asking for the best barbecue in the state and best wings in Athens. Mm. He says the best barbecue is Hope You Like It, Barbecue, and Hope You Like It, Georgia. I've never been there, um, but I need to visit. And... Uh he can't find any good wings in Athens.
3: Fully loaded. Fully loaded fully, pretty good. I, I just just got back from there. I, I thought I was gonna be late tonight. Wing that baby. I, I thought I was gonna be late tonight, guys, but uh I hit I hit fully loaded uh for the wing Wednesday. Big wings, solid wings, solid sauces. That's that's the best wing spot in Athens. I don't know about barbecue in the state. I haven't really dug dove into barbecue outside of athens and temez is probably probably has that one
2: temez is uh, standing
1: honestly man i mean it all i think it all depends on what you want i think uh the best pulled pork i've ever had in in the state of georgia was at Bee's Crackling barbecue I'd, I'd only ever been to i've only ever been to the one in atlanta the one that was kind of in kind of west atlanta off 75 that was the best pulled pork i've ever had um, Tamez is hands down 100 percent the best brisket I've ever had in Athens. I mean, in 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 the state of Georgia, yeah. and probably does the best. Which you know, I'm I'm a little bit of a weirdo when it comes to barbecue. Yeah, um, just just a weirdo in general. Yeah, weirdo. <laughs> period. Right. Um, but I, I love brisket. I love pulled pork. Um, I like bar- I like sausage. I like house made sausage. I think that's I'm a huge fan of that. But I am a massive massive fr- fan of a chicken leg quarter. Of a of the leg and and the thigh all in yeah me too
2: I okay. I, can, I am too because I don't do that myself that, right? very often
1: yeah I mean I love cooking them myself because they're so cheap uh, I I got I, I really I think I developed the love for it when I was coaching at Cedar Shoals High School I had my um, defensive backs I had like you know eleven of them and uh, it was opening weekend of college football two thousand it was the weekend that I think it's two thousand nine the georgia lost to oklahoma state to start the season at oklahoma state and um we got a couple of games on that night and i grilled up a bunch of leg quarters and i was like man i'll have leg quarters to eat through the weekend or whatever because i cooked i got like two 10 pound bags for 25 bucks and uh i probably cooked up two 10 pound bags 20 25 leg quarters they ate everything Locusts ate every bag of chips I had. Y'all are, every... not
2: gonna, y'all are not going to get me to eat bugs. I'll tell you that.
1: I think uh, I think they probably um, showed a couple of them showed up with a little ketchup in their eyes. Um, I think they had a little. Uh, I think their eyes were a little red. I think they might have had some help on the mm-hmm. front end on, on getting some, getting some, making some room for it. A little uh, little cannabis help. Um, these young men did. Uh, but man they ate so many leg quarters it was unreal and uh, ever since cooking those and eating them while i cooked them i've become such a big fan of doing that so white I will tiger say, white
3: tiger also with really good barbecue in athens
1: yeah they just only do pulled pork last time
2: i checked yeah, yeah. um i'm not going to hate on them but i i think there's better barbecue around the area and bro i don't have
1: you been to iron
2: pig in Where jefferson no
1: i have not no i have not that, that one's, one's really good. Smoking Po Boys and uh in uh Winder, it's pretty solid.
2: Big B's is really good uh in Jefferson and in Crawford, there's G brand barbecue, which is really good.
1: Uh yeah, I saw that yesterday coming back. I didn't even know it was there.
2: They're a cool story, cool family, uh the Gretsch family. They own a, a ton of land because they have a ton of money from making guitars. They like they didn't invent the electric guitar, but they've created a lot of electric guitars for rock bands that you know and artists that you know. And then, um, in Athens, doggone good barbecue right on the edge of downtown, yeah. uh, is fantastic as well. All right. Yeah,
1: cool experience in there too. Good people work there.
2: Yeah. I love that place. Jot em down is not, uh, I think jot em down became butt hut. If I'm not mistaken over on Macon highway.
1: Yeah. And jot em down was, uh, uh, I remember when, I remember all the way back in the day when it was on Whitehall Road. So, I I wanted to, white, to uh,
2: jot them down because I used to live over there on Macon Highway. And I asked for the rib sandwich. Me and my buddy were hungover, and I just didn't really think it through. And I was like, oh, there's no way they're just going to put a <laughs> slab of bone-in ribs <laughs> on the sandwich. They'll probably – It's probably just rib meat on the bread, and I just chomped right into three rib bones. And I'll I'll just—I'll never forget (laughs) eating that bone-in sandwich, man. Um. All right, what else do we have? Glenn H. I'll reward Uncle Glenn if you could suit up for a game for the dogs and get to be on the field for one play. Which team would it be against? Now, this is a strategic answer. Do you want to be on the field? Does this mean you're going to be on the field and do something good? Or does this mean me with my current skill levels, stature, lack of conditioning will be on the field for one play against a team that can absolutely obliterate me? I'd probably say Florida. I mean, I think it would probably be cool to, to get to play in the cocktail party in Jacksonville before it moves, I I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would probably say the same thing. I uh, you know, th- th- that way I mean, it would be cool to play in Sanford Stadium. Um I think that would be pretty great, but um yeah, I'd probably have to be the cocktail party. I will say that if I had to cover if I had to cover a game and get to see a game from any press box and, and experience every game from that press box for the rest of my life. It will be Georgia Tech's press box. It's not that anything else goes on great there. Not except the fact not, that not, are,
3: not the current Georgia press box.
1: Not the current Georgia press box. It'll be Georgia Tech's press box. You've been there, Palmer. There's I have no better seat to watch a football game. I was. It?
3: I, I don't play. know. I didn't. I didn't love the Georgia Tech. I mean, so
1: I was, close. So close to the action. Yeah, but it's, it's it's see it's the tight. skyline.
3: It's tight. It's cramped in there though. Yeah. I'll take uh, not, not a, not a lot of leg room, room at Georgia Tech first, <laughs> <which> <laughs> Better Mississippi State. Playing. I'll say that Mississippi State was cold and uh, also. On, on a warm day Mississippi State's would be good although I know we're not talking to another question wasn't about press boxes <laughs> um I you know I I mean if we're doing one outside of Sanford uh I'd probably say Neyland Stadium and and suiting up against Tennessee and maybe mm-hmm. that's the volunteer state boy in me but you're the real tennessee man yeah you're yeah. the tennessee
2: man you got yeah, he's be in. you
3: notice he's not in the comments tonight because i'm <laughs> on the show
2: you gotta be a the one yep good point um all right moving moving along here matthew c asked us <clears throat> before the dogs finally won the natty what in the depths of your despair from the '90s or games like the 2012 SEC title game or 2017 national title game? What did you promise to the Lord or say to your friends that you would do or give up to see the dogs finally win a national title? Um, I think Wes I told him really I get punched in the, get the get face, face by a. Silverback gorilla.
1: <laughs> I think you're the only person that can really answer this. I, I, the only thing I was saying throughout that whole game is Georgia doesn't win this type of game. Georgia's not. Georgia doesn't win this type of game against Alabama. Georgia doesn't win this type of game against Alabama. And I don't know where I got that from because when the game was over, I was like, you know what? That was kind of a reverse the script type game. It was almost like Alabama had every chance to put that away. Alabama was probably outplaying Georgia for three quarters and had a chance to put them away, and then. It was Georgia that came roaring back and forth. So that's the only thing I was really saying. I I, I I, just can't really root for the team anymore. Like, I just – I can't. I mean, um, yeah, I've just been doing this so long. It's the job. It's it's kind of programmed out of me.
3: I'm also probably a bad example because I did not give one lick of attention to Georgia football. Palmer was
2: born on third base when it <laughs> came to Georgia success. yeah. Just show up. I
3: started covering the team the year yeah. after they. I started covering the team in eighteen, and look, they didn't. They didn't win a national championship before I got there. So.
2: New Year six games every single year. Yeah. I'll say uh, Matthew C. I was in Indy, and uh, I was not covering the team, and went to the game with some friends. And I just kind of made peace with whatever happened because I had been to the 2012 game, the 2017 game in like professional capacities. I was working them, but I was still, you know, I wanted Georgia to win. And I just kind of, I don't believe in like praying for outcomes of games. I, I think there are bigger fish to fry up there, but I did just say a prayer and I was just like, look, there are a lot of people that want to see this happen. Um, there are a lot of people that have seen (laughs) terrible things happen to this team and this feels like a good opportunity for this to finally happen. So if it does happen, great. If it doesn't, you know, we've been through worse probably. So I just kind of made peace with it. I know that's kind of an anticlimactic answer, but that was kind of my final straw. And, uh, And Georgia won the game. And because I did that, and I was in Indianapolis, I just picked up my rental car. I was driving back to where we were staying. I was just at peace the whole trip after that and was not nervous. No one believes me when I say this, but I was not nervous about the outcome of the game. That's not to say that I knew Georgia was going to win or anything. But when I go back and watch it again, I cannot believe that I wasn't nervous because there were some – There were some real gut drop moments in that uh, 2021 game for sure. Uh, Let's get to a couple more, and then we'll wrap up the show, get to some um, chopping wood. Uh, Maybe ranking the receivers one through six, maybe that's a column. Maybe we don't quite answer that on the show. Someone asked us about that, South Atlanta dog. Uh, We've got to best and worst memory as a dog fan. That was another question. All right, here's the last one. Row, I think you wanted to answer this one. Yeah. Uh, committable offers versus not committable offers. How does the recruiting process actually play out in real time? And this is the example from bleed red and black on our message board. Say a kid gets a Georgia offer. Can the kid commit on the spot? Does it depend on the kid? Like are there only ones high enough on Georgia's board? If it's not committable, I assume the coaching staff is communicating to the kid that the offer is contingent on something. This is a really good question. Either waiting on other players to commit, needing to attend a camp or something, et cetera. So overall, too long, didn't read, didn't listen. How does the coaching staff manage the way that recruits get their offers and are actually able to commit?
1: All right, so I will say this. When Mart Rick was at Georgia – if a kid got an offer, 98 to 99% of the time, that kid com- could commit to that offer. And if he couldn't, somebody was somebody was, you know, getting into it a little bit. Or somebody had committed maybe took that offer off the table. Um, saw what happened with Kelsey Griffin in a day that I'll never forget. Me, Kip Adams, Kristen Ledlow up at Mill Creek High School. The weirdest day. One of the weirdest days I've ever had in this business. Kid commits. He's excited about it. Um, turns out Georgia didn't accept his commitment because they already had a nose tackle in that class, and that's what they considered him to be. Um, but that wasn't communicated, and that kind of stuff happened a little too often under Rick. But, uh, you know, otherwise a, you know, really good, uh, you know, period at Georgia, but not good enough, not good as what it is now. Um, but most, almost all the time that was the case. Well, that's not the case anymore, and it's not always communicated. It's not always like, hey, you got to come to camp. If it's a quarterback, probably. You know, if it's a quarterback, it's like, hey, listen, we well, got an offer, but we want you to come throw at our camp does um, it, it is for other kids too. Like, hey, you got an offer. I want to come see you at camp. We want to get you measured. Um, but from what we've seen on film, we want to offer you. I'm sure it's communicated sometimes, but it's not always com- communicated. Um, it's definitely not communicated. Hey, dude, we're offering you. Um, but if two guys commit before you do or if one guy commits before you do, then you're, you definitely can't commit. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, there, there's a way to kind of do it. Sometimes they'll offer a kid, they'll talk to him, they'll get him warm. And then they won't communicate with him for a few weeks because maybe they feel better about other targets. Maybe things pop up. Um, you know, I, it's it's a it's a delicate balance. It's a case by case thing. It does depend on the kid. And uh, you know, right or wrong, it's the cost of doing business. Because listen, for the longest time, I heard, why can't kids transfer? Coaches transfer? Well, why can't schools schools got to play that same game too with these recruits? These guys can flip anytime they want. And uh, these, these schools have to be able to kind of manage their roster and, and uh, manage the guys that they offer uh, the best they can. And, and sometimes that's making an offer to a kid that they may not be able to honor for months and months on end.
2: Craig Lawson with our final question here. I actually am going to get to you, Craig. This is a good question. How do we let the Silers off the hook for not getting a bulldog to the natty? They have one job and lots of dogs. Um, revoke their privileges yes or yes <laughs> I don't think we can revoke their privileges to a mascot as much as PETA would like for that to happen Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just take a stab at this they didn't let Ugga go because he's basically he's too old he's too old uh, and Watch he wasn't going to go now are you really going to send a substitute bulldog I know that they had Russ as like a substitute there for a while uh, so they kind of set that precedent. But are you going to send one? You're going to send a replacement bulldog, a stand-in bulldog to the national championship game? If Georgia lost that game with an imposter bulldog or a substitute, they'd never hear the end of it. So I don't think Quiet. you can just be willy-nilly about substituting Uggas like that. Um. All right. I'm glad that you got your – your question answered, Craig. Let's chop some wood. Craig Lawson asked as well as is, is golf a real sport, and he doesn't think it is. Uh, I think everyone in the
1: town of Augusta believes it's a real sport. <laughs> I struggle with this a little bit too, because and I don't I don't necessarily do it because a lot of folks say, oh, it's not a real sport because nobody's playing defense. Well, listen, dude, you you're you're playing the ultimate defender. You, the defender is Mother Nature. And the defender is the, the voice inside your head that's, you know, constantly trying to, you know, make you buckle um, under pressure. Or so the pro play.
2: that puts the pin placement uh, an outrageous place. Or,
1: the, or if you're Cam Smith, you know, Tony, uh, Scotty Scheffler holing out from greenside for Eagle um, to kind of put you in a hole last year when you drew close on Sunday. Um, lots of different ways. The, the golf gods sitting sitting in their throne behind the 12th green at Augusta, um, they're also very good defenders. Uh, but listen, there's some things about golf that's harder than anything else. I mean, abs- harder than anything else. Um, I, I believe Justin Thomas could probably, you know, hit a. I believe he could probably hit a 100-miles-an-hour fastball with an exit velocity of 105 miles an hour um, before – Anybody in the Major League Baseball right now could go out and fire a 65 at Augusta National. So, I mean, the argument, and I'm,
2: you know, I'm kind of segueing with this because I'm going to chop wood about uh, uh, Seb Straka's hole in one.
3: But Craig says that
2: there's, huh?
3: Not Bubba's. Are well, you, you, I
2: mean, there's nothing against Bubba, but you'll you'll do, find do, out. Do, why.
3: You, do you look off look down on him? No, I'm not I'm not
2: canceling the live guys. I'm not I'm not canceling them at all. <laughs>
3: so
1: isn't the part three kind of set up for, for yeah? For it's totally
2: set up for it. Yeah. But Craig says there's zero professional level of athleticism required to play golf. And I don't think you're wrong about that. I, 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 I agree with that. It, it's the the videos, the clips of the guys in the gym doing their core exercises are just it's laughable to me because you've seen Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer and all these guys, like uh, John Gary Bailey. Player didn't commit to doing oh. 200 sit-ups a day until after he was in his prime as a golfer. It doesn't matter. But uh, all that to say, it's the mental thing. I mean, it's the same with racing. That's not necessarily a physical thing, but the mental, the mental performance – that translates to a physical uh, execution is, is fascinating. So I'm going to chop wood
3: and, welcome. and all those guys are in pretty, pretty good shape. Right?
2: They're, they're in good shape now, but do they have to be? I don't, I don't
1: think they do. Dude, Harry, a, I, I, Harry I think Higgs Higgs Harry. plays golf on the, on, on tour, you know, Harry Higgs is out there.
3: So. Yeah. But I think that is, as, as for the most part, as you look at the elite golfers, they are in better shape than the non elite golfers. So there is, a level of athleticism that goes into it. Um, and, and, you know, on the NASCAR topic, I don't know that NASCAR drivers are athletes, but you know, to, it's to- a motor, it's a motor sport.
1: Well, we're, Hey, we're, we are, we're, we're conflating two different issues here. We're talking about, all right, are they athletes? Eh, not really. No. Is, is, it, is it a sport? Yes. It's a sport. I, the, uh, you keep score. Damn it. You keep score. <laughs>
2: Um, so that brings me to my chopping wood topic, though. Sep Straka, the Georgia golfer. This is where we tie it all back into actually making this a, a Georgia show. Y'all, hitting an ace, I don't care if it's a practice round, I don't care if it's the par three contest. Obviously, they don't play it at that <laughs> hole, but hitting a hole in one at the most iconic par three in the sport sport is amazing and to do that is just such a bucket list thing he There's did only it on three guys i think yeah. that have ever done it in I didn't a round he
1: did it on 12
2: yeah 12 he did it on 12 man so yeah i don't know if the pin placement there was helping him out made it a little bit easier for him to do it i wouldn't put that past augusta national to create some buzz like that on a practice round day on monday but that was sick And you're a Georgia Bulldog to cap it all off. And your team, your football team's won back to back national championships. So that's what I'm chopping wood about.
3: Hey, uh, while we're talking about hole in ones on par threes, what's more impressive in y'all's opinion? A hole in one on a three or a two on a five? An albatross.
2: An albatross.
3: Yeah, two on a five. You're hitting something. You're hitting
1: something a long way in for that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, no question. You have to have a lucky – got to get a good role. For there's way more luck involved in an albatross.
3: Fine. Which would you all rather have? An albatross. That's tough.
0: <laughs> I'd rather have the albatross. I, I think, it's more, r- I think the, it's more rare. I'd rather have the albie.
1: I think it's more rare. It is more rare. Is rare. I, I would rather – Palmer's, Palmer's got a point here. I'd rather hit the ice. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Before, then I same. could run around like Ronnie from uh, Jersey Shore back in the day and start screaming, one shot, son.
0: I'm not. I, I know I'm late, but Ro, Ro just Ro just looks like he went and rolled around in the, the pro
1: shop at the back. That's all I did. Whatever <laughs> stuck to me, I bought.
2: Whatever you, were, you were the walking billboard for Augusta. You just roll around up. and see what sticks and walk. I out. wish
1: I could get my yellow coffee cup.
3: Real <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm surprised he didn't replace the Dogs HQ sticker in the background with <laughs> with, a, the uh, flat. With, with, with an a, with the Amen corner.
2: Yeah. A pin flag for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how Sep didn't just immediately go and swan dive into Race Creek.
1: Uh, I'm glad he didn't. He would have broke his neck. <laughs> <laughs> it's not real. Sure. It's not deep enough for Sep Straka. That's a big man.
2: Uh that's a big dog. All right. Who's <laughs> taking the axe?
1: Um I'm gonna take the axe on uh listen, this spring has been has had an odd feel to it. And, and some of that odd feel has been the fact that I've been coaching T-ball and I've had, to, and I had T-ball pictures one day and I've missed some practices and I've missed post-practice availability. And um, Palmer and those guys have been tortured by players coming up like 45 minutes after they're supposed to come up. Um, it is such a strange spring practice. But I think last night kind of, you know, really brought it to a head for me because, um, boy, did I do some rookie stuff last night, man. I – for years, we've been doing Georgia press conferences. And for years, they've been, hey, ask for the microphone. Your boy just goes out there and starts firing off questions, dude. You cut me off. <laughs> like it was the old days. Like it was the old Martin Rick days. Like, hey, let's just get in here. Let's see if Murray Pool's going to ask his question. Then we're all going to get involved. Okay? <laughs> well, not that's not the way it's supposed to be anymore. It's supposed to be a little more professional. And uh, I drew the ire of the great Leland Barrow um i probably know higher leland's never been mad at anybody i wouldn't no uh, you just you disappoint nicest, leland you never make him mad yeah the nicest dude ever um but man i such a weird spring and your boy like i said on you know i, I hate that you know i know this is a family show we'll bleep this out if you really want to but I, it was just total dipshit move by me and uh yeah man is this an I, apology I, I, it's a chopping wood like weird spring i suck um <laughs> We need to retool. Maybe Dogs HQ needs to make some decisions. I mean, you know, I'm kind of sort of the boss a little bit. Maybe I need to fire myself. So what happened though? I mean, did you get in trouble? No, not really. Leland was. I just remind everybody you need the uh, you need to ask for the microphone before you ask questions. I
3: did it twice. Give yourself in a row, Jay. You did it twice in a row, and the microphone. No, I didn't
1: do it twice in a row. I waited. There were some questions in between.
3: Okay. But the microphone holder was standing right behind me waiting because they don't give you the microphone. They, they Well,
2: they just let's back them. up, Palmer. They're not just called microphone holders. They are assistants. <laughs> his,
3: his name is Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> is, Ryan. Is it, is, thank is, you. Is, is it better if I call him Ryan the microphone holder? <laughs> no, Ryan, the UGA the Sports different.
2: Communications staffer or intern.
3: Anyway. Ryan was standing behind me with the microphone that like essentially holding it in my face and then Jake starts firing off questions. He went rogue. Yeah.
1: Jake it rogue. Was, it was some uh yeah, it was some chicanery, that's for sure.
2: All right. You, uh, well, glad you learned your lesson. Pull up pull a real boss move
0: and give yourself uh 2 weeks off with pay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, hey man, I, had a, I was supposed to
0: have a day off yesterday. And I didn't <laughs> really I was, I was
3: shocked when, when I got the text. I think it was
0: um, I thought <laughs> that was the dipshit move. I get why you did it. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, that was and, and everybody and I'm glad you did it. But I thought I thought leaving Augusta was the dipshit
1: move. <laughs> yeah, it was like <laughs> two reason I left. I mean, me and my dad were both out
3: of gas, but if I was
1: smart, I would have just been like,
3: Oh, I didn't see it. Sorry. It oh, like whoops. Exactly. It
1: yeah.
3: was like 220, and and I had texted somebody and i said wow the irony that that jake takes off the day that we're going to talk to both the quarterbacks whatever and uh and it's like 220 jake texts me one leaving augusta two i got your your hats and polo three i'll be there tonight
2: damn the commitment
3: i love dogs hq i can't i can't help it
2: palmer chop some wood
3: I am chopping wood about the continuity that Georgia's coaching staff has. Um, I wrote about this uh, yesterday and did a little bit of digging um, to, to look around the SEC. Um, I asked the great Matt Zenitz it, the question, and he wasn't sure of the answer. Um, maybe, maybe I sparked a thought in his mind, and he's going to do some digging himself. Uh, but went digging to find how many assistants Georgia's had uh, has coming back this year. And with the help of Jake Roos as well, we we had a phone call and we're talking, you know, going back through all the Georgia assistants. Uh, Georgia has just one assistant leaving this year. They replaced that one from within Mike Bobo. We talked about him earlier It is the first time that Georgia has had just one assistant leave one assistant to be replaced since Kirby's first off season, the second year headed into 2017. uh, They replaced Tracy rocker with Trey Scott. Uh, Unless I'm mistaken uh, that that was the case. Georgia went and won the sec championship that year, made their first college football playoff appearance, uh, lost the national championship with the fewest number of coaching changes And then last year, with the most number of coaching changes on the assistant side, those four gentlemen that you see right there, Brian McClendon, Fran Brown, Stacey Searles, and Chidera uzo deribe they went and won the SEC championship uh, and and won the national championship for the second straight year. So, Georgia, I mean, continuity, it's great. It's absolutely on Georgia's side this year for 2023. They've got tons of talent on their side too. Uh, and, And talking to the players, you can definitely tell that it's it's beneficial. Uh, they're they're certainly not going to complain about the fact that they have continuity. Uh, but it, it, I did find it a little bit ironic that they that the two SEC championships that they've won under Kirby Smart uh, one was with the least amount of change and one was with the most amount of change. So chopping wood about change.
2: Changes. All right, Ro, uh, Roos. My bad. All right, uh, joined let's, us let's, to close us out. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. Well. Oh, hey, rapid fire
0: me real quick. What'd you guys talk about tonight? I, I'll give you a couple sentences on each thing.
2: Um, okay. We talked about the quarterbacks hearing from both of them, how unique that is that, you know, normally we, we don't get to hear from any Georgia quarterbacks once in a blue moon. And now we're hearing from both of them in the same day. Someone mentioned
0: on the board that that might be a test. And I don't think that that's the craziest thing that I've ever heard in my life. Um, I think that it was interesting. And listen, I think Kirby needs to keep marching those dudes out there because the more you can convince everybody that they're in the race, the better for them.
2: Best barbecue and wings in the state of Georgia. Ooh, tough. Uh,
0: I used to really love Wild Wing when that was in Athens. I thought they had outstanding wings. wings.
2: They're Braveheart
0: wings. That wing
1: buffet was ridiculous. was ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> um, I really, I,
0: I really loved. Um, I also really loved the wings at Amici uh, when I lived in Athens. I Thought they had great wings. Um, barbecue is tough, man, because I feel like I've had it so many other places that were so much better um, than in state. Uh, I'll t- I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, doggone good barbecue at 3 a.m. Slaps,
1: <laughs> hard, yeah. Like Will Smith, brother. You gonna you get you might like, like taking a punch from
3: Mike Tyson or silverback gorilla.
0: You might get a song. Uh, you might get a song, and uh, you know the bulldog big bite if you go see uh, Mr. BJ. So,
2: um, Roe explained how the committable offers work. Which was a, a pretty fascinating question just about – He taught me how that worked, so I, there's, I have nothing to add. By the
0: way, <laughs> do,
3: Doggone good barbecue doesn't stay open past eight anymore. Yeah, uh, well, it, it, Roos just has a key to the joint. No,
1: he'll hang out. He'll hang out there late on the weekends if – if. Oh, well, he used to wood. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So should I chop some wood now? Yeah. Okay, cool. So tonight I'm chopping wood on uh, this recent interview I did with Ellis Robinson. Go check it out if you haven't already. But what I really like about what Georgia commits are saying right now is the level of commitment that you're hearing from them. There's not a lot of I'm keeping my options open. There's not a lot of, you know, this and that. He's going to take visits, and I think that he deserves that, and he should do that. That's You know, you get to do this process one time. I think that he's well within his rights to do that. But he and Ryan Puglisi are saying, look, man, I'm locked in with Georgia. Coaches know that. Coaches know not to call me. He said, I'm talking to the schools in my top five, but they know where it stands with Georgia and me. Um, I think that Georgia has done an outstanding job of building this class early and then also really solidifying and making these guys centerpieces. Um, You know, Ellis Robinson said one of the big things that stands out to him when he's on campus is how. You know Fran Brown. He said in our discussions, I can tell he's getting ready, getting me ready to play early. He's breaking things down. He's going through the film with me, and it's really standing out to him. So Georgia doing a fantastic job, not only uh, reeling in excellent players, but also uh, I think an excellent job by Fran Brown. Uh, that name was mentioned consistently throughout there. Ro, what do you think of that J.C. Horn comparison for uh, for Ellis Robinson?
1: I don't recall much about JC Horn kind of high school. I do feel like JC Horn is like considerably bigger than Ellis Robinson, though, right? Isn't JC Horn like six one? Yeah, but I think I think Ellis is like six foot, isn't he? I I mean I thought I saw him listed somewhere at five eleven and a half, maybe. I feel like that's one of the positions where when you start talking about a guy being six foot and a half and a half. I thought I saw him at 5'11", somewhere. So yeah, I mean if he's if he's truly that, then I I could see that, but that's one of the positions where I feel like an inch, inch and a half in terms of height, big. length, really means something. Big. No doubt.
0: So, anyway, shout out to the dogs, man. They're they're putting together a nice class, and so guys are saying the right things. I think it's everything you want, especially heading into this big season.
2: Love it. Uh, glad you can make it, Roos. Um, Palmer, Jake Rowe, glad we could talk a lot about the Masters and getting punched by uh, Silverback Gorillas. <laughs> No way, no way! No way! I'd
0: that. do that.
1: By the way, one hundred percent. A million no. dollars, I, vegetable or not, I'm taking my chances.
0: Are, are, you, are you? Are you taking a punch? Laid it all the line for are the you. you taking a
3: punch from Mike Tyson with headgear on, Bruce?
0: Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. I don't what think i for skull. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson can knock me out, but he can't crush my skull. Where my brain lives. Well,
1: live. that's what. That's what I'm saying. We're we're punching. We're getting a punch from. Now listen, Mike Tyson gets punched in the face. The gorilla just gets to punch you. So I, I yeah, mean, I, I think, if, if it can
0: shatter my skull, it can probably shatter every other bone. People have one. survived, but it only like gets
3: it, it only gets one punch and then guys who Jake, are trained
2: Jake, look,
0: look Jake
3: said it was guaranteed tranquilized after that.
2: These are guys who are trained to take those punches. <laughs> you are not you can't practice for this. You are getting demolished. And you just don't know it. And you won't know it. You won't remember it. So I guess that's the upside. Yeah. Uh, you Feel,
3: will remember. Like bark after dark discussion.
2: Yeah. This is bark after dark material for sure. Um, you'll remember our show if you watch it because we talk about stupid stuff like this. But we also have all the best dogs news over at DogsHQ.com. Premium membership. The special still going on. $10 a month through August 31st. Do not miss out on that as we round out uh, and follow up and finish the spring strong. We're going to finish the drill, and uh, we're going to do that over there with every angle covered from practices, media availabilities, and G-Day on April 15th. So y'all get over there and do that. Uh, We are back on Sunday at 8.30 p.m., and Bark After Dark coming up at 9 p.m. on Monday. Is that is that on for?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, it'll be on for this Monday. Brooks Austin's going to be on with us.
2: April 10th, Film Guy. Circle it on the calendar. Film Guy fam. Tell your family about it. And uh, maybe we'll bring a silverback gorilla and – See if Brooks wants to get hit in the face. Hey, no!
1: If y'all want to raise, we that don't million, have the million dollars. I, I but I will it would... do it on this channel. Raise that million dollars, and I we will all get to watch it. I'll get, get a million views. Fund me tonight. I will. <laughs>
2: Palmer. Palmer left. He's going to find it. Palmer's got a zoom. I
1: know he's got it.
2: Um. Thank y'all for tuning in and for all your questions. And uh, we'll do this again. It was fun. Have a great week. Enjoy the Masters. Pace yourself on those sandwiches. See ya.